Welcome to Life Blood. This is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong, powerful Drew Glover. Drew, are you ready to do this? Let's do this. Let's do this. Drew is the founding partner of Fiat Growth and the general partner of Fiat Ventures, their organization working to bring access to financial services to everybody that simplifies life and builds wealth. Since 2018, they partnered with over 85 brands and generated over $1.6 billion in additional revenue. Drew, excited to have you on. Tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work and why you do what you do. Of course, of course. Personal life. Man, I just had a child. I have a, I just have, I have a three and a half month old daughter. Her name is Coco, Coco Glover. Um, she is the, 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 the bright light in my life right now, along with my beautiful wife and family, of course. Got to give, got to give the wife a shout out, but, but Coco has been amazing. Um, yeah. So, so Fiat Growth and Fiat Ventures, uh, Fiat Growth and Fiat Ventures are very much kind of sister brother companies. Fiat Ventures is the venture fund that we have and Fiat Growth is our growth consultancy. My background grew up in the Bay Area, you know, went to UC Berkeley, didn't go to business school or anything like that, but found myself really in the tech world early in my career and, and found myself reconnecting with an old friend who was um, head of growth and partnerships at Chime, the large neobank. At the time, I was head of growth and partnerships at a company called Steady, which helps folks in the 1099 world improve their financial health. And we had this crazy idea where we should start co-advising a lot of the companies that were we were kind of partnering with and, uh, and helping them grow in super equitable ways. You know, 30% of venture dollars today go directly to marketing. A lot of that money can get set on fire pretty quickly if you don't have the right people at the helm that are deploying those dollars into the marketing, um, the marketing ether, the, mar the marketing world out there. So um, Alex and myself, we started co-advising a number of companies together quickly that that organically turned into an uncomfortable amount where we quit our day jobs. And, and we kind of had a fairly unique model. We would ask for, or we'd get a retainer for our services. We would get advisory shares. And then we would also ask for the right to invest. We knew at some point we wanted to get the opportunity to invest in all these companies that we were helping scale. But at the time, we didn't have the money, nor did we have the infrastructure to, to deploy capital. So um, to, to fast forward through the story here today, Fiat Growth, our growth consultancy is 25 full-time employees. Businesses split down the middle between partnerships and paid performance. We basically act as a turnkey CMO for a lot of the early stage fintech companies that we work with. And in some cases, we're like owning an entire growth channel. But we are the strategy. We are also the execution. We act as an extension of our client's team. Um, 2021, we founded Fiat Ventures. Fiat Ventures is a $25 million venture fund. Um, we're still in the process of, of, of closing that out. But uh, we've made 22 investments to date. Around 50% of those investments are our um, clients that we worked with on the fiat growth side. And then the rest are really just uh, companies that we've seen uh, really incredible trends um, in the fintech space, trends that we believe are going to be around for the, the, the next 30, 40, 50 years. So taking a step back to close this out, right? Fiat growth, our consultancy, which doubles as one of the best due diligence arms in the venture world, because we get to work in the trenches with these companies prior to investment also gives us the ability to have exposure to the entire fintech ecosystem. Half of our clients are late stage, the other half are early stage. We understand the macro and micro trends in the space. Then we have Fiat Ventures where we get to deploy our capital into the companies that we hold near and dear to our heart. Awesome. Well, congrats on Coco. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. That's awesome. And certainly the companies too. That that's that that's that's also cool. So <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. So 
I, I, I'm I'm curious to 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 hear what you think the trends in fintech are as 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 you kind of look forward. Um, did did you set out to 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 get into fintech? You were working with this company Steady, and then your partners with Chime. Did you all have a passion for the space, or it just kind of worked out that way? You know, uh, definitely had a passion for the space. I, I grew up again in the inner city of oakland grew up in a family that you know came from the nonprofit world mom was a principal for 30 years in the oakland unified school district i keep going down the list of all the family members that are very much in the kind of civic action civic engagement space so i kind of grew up kind of living in this space of you know how can we constantly be thinking about designing products and technology for the communities across america that need the most help um, i didn't know what what industry that would fall into throughout the the growth of my career. But I fell into fintech and, and really started seeing a trend where historically fintech products were being built for the 10% of, of America that already had money that just needed help managing that money. Where now products were starting to be built for the 90% of America that needed the most help. The folks that have don't have $500 in savings in case of an emergency, that need help managing their money, that need help saving their money, that need help kind of reimagining how they can build generational wealth and even help earning money. Um, but all of this really fell into the fintech space, which turned into this, 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 this opportunity to not only like build a life for myself where I could be monetarily happy, but also to where I could um, make a massive positive impact on the world and make sure that, that general, that, that techno technological and financial literacy gap was being narrowed over time. Well, I certainly appreciate that. It is a uh, it, it's wild when you look backwards and you say everything is really catering towards this very very small segment of the population that's already wealthy, and that's all fine and well. But why? <laughs> where's the where's the help for the folks that actually have a need for the help? So, enter technology, and I'm sure that there's things you're working on that we don't even realize are, are, are a thing. It's true. It's true. I mean, there's, um, there's a number of different trends that, that we're seeing today in terms of, you know, where the opportunities sit. Um, one thing that's near and dear to my heart is, is just like really future of work and, uh, and the different opportunities and products that we're going to see coming down, down the road here. Um, I'm a big believer that, from a generational standpoint, the relationship with money is getting younger. Um, teenagers are, are, are working now. They're no longer just doing a lemonade stand or they're no longer just having a paper route, but they're reselling shoes. They are um, creating their own businesses on Shopify. Uh, they're actually finding a way to earn money. And um, it's this really great opportunity where I think we all talk about historically, like, man, we went to like elementary school, like, we were learning all these things about math, but it wasn't like day-to-day -day math, the type of math that you need to like run a business or, um, or the, the, the type of economics that you need for like everyday life. So a lot of times the best thing you can do from a literacy standpoint is learn about finance by doing finance. And when you earn money, there's no better incentive to learn how to manage the money that you're earning. So, you know, working with, you know, teen banks, uh, you know, working with, uh, platforms around the population of the world that is no longer just looking for a part for a full-time job and that being the job they have for the next 30 years, but having multiple part-time jobs to create a full-time salary. That could be Uber driving. That could be selling bracelets on Etsy. That could be 
you know, buying shoes on the Nike sneakers app and reselling it on, on, um, on StockX. but all these different forms of income to create a full-time salary is very much the future that I see. So that generates opportunities like, you know, uh, 1099 workers are doing taxes in a very different way than W2 workers. So tax products that are popping out, how to better, how to be- better manage your money where you're not getting paid, uh, you know, every two weeks and you're getting paid when these different platforms that you're doing business on wants to pay you. Um, if you're an influencer, you get paid almost immediately with YouTube, but you have to wait almost 30 days uh, from Instagram to get paid. So all these different things are, are all these different opportunities and products are going to be popping up in this like future of workspace that I find super exciting. Yeah. Yeah. There's no doubt the fascinating, everything you just laid out, how the appetite and desire to have a more non-traditional career path, if that's even the right term for it, just different ways to make money. Uh, I think it's super cool. And then opportunities to come in and to, to help people get their arms around that so you're not making mistakes, so money's not falling through the cracks. Do you see an opportunity for, for lack of a better term, like a super app? Are we going to see a lot of those or is it going to be lots of, lots of sort of independent companies? You know, historically, and I, I've spent some time on this, like just seeing, you know, these trends that happen like every 20 years where we bundle everything up and then we get annoyed that it's all bundled up and then we unbundle it. Um, you know, very, very easy example is like cable television. Now we've seen Netflix pop up. We see Hulu pop up. We see now that they all offer or YouTube TV, they all offer live television now. And now you're, you're asking yourself the question like, what do I need? What don't I need? How do I create this ultimate experience? I, I wish I could answer that question with confidence. I've seen a lot of super apps start popping up from a finance standpoint where you can walk in and do everything. I do believe there's a ton of value there because you know if you have a 401k and then you also have some money in the stock market on Robinhood, and then you also have uh, equity in some companies that are private, it really is. It, it would really be great to have one dashboard where you can see everything, almost like a minority report type of world, with like where all of your finances sit. Um, but there's a lot of there's a lot of challenges that come with one with one company that like owns all that data. Um, one thing that I am seeing is is embedded finance is getting really popular to where you don't necessarily have to be the company that owns all the technology that does this, but you can basically be a hub. And you can embed all these different individual outside products and bring them into your products, um, which I think would pro- will probably be the type of kind of super app world that we see. It won't be one company saying, I'm going to build 10 different products and try to get everyone to sign up. It's going to say, hey, th- we do something really well. And you can integrate these 10 different um, platforms that you use to manage your money within. Therefore, we'll have a dashboard where you can get eyes on everything, but we don't own everything. Makes a lot of sense. How do you see um, how do you see humans partnering, if if at all, with these apps as you're trying to serve and crack this nut of 300 million people, give or take, right? You know, I, I think what I'm seeing today is is a lot of it is going to be we're in the middle of a generational shift right now. And I think 
Gen Z is going to be thinking about their relationship with money completely different than millennials. And, and obviously we think about it completely different to our parents, but I think we're truly going through like a, a disruptive phase right now where um, everything comes back to how we're earning money and how we, how we're earning money very much dictates to how we live our life. And so I believe um, that, the relationship will change drastically and there's going to be a lot of really great companies popping up that are building their product around this new, new relationship that's currently being designed right now organically based on how this next generation's coming up. Um, I think what we saw in this transition from call it like, you know, baby boomers to millennials is we no longer want to walk into a bank to create a bank account. Mm. We are totally fine with opening up a digital bank account and basically opening up a ton of digital um, financial products. Over time, um, I do believe that uh, folks are going to want to find a way to make it so we can start embedding, like banks will probably have tax services within. That won't mm. be a separate thing where throughout the year, taxes can constantly be taken out of our view. So we always have an understanding of where our money sits versus having to constantly be fearful of this like once a year event that where we we're not sure if we have to give back 40% or 20% or did I click the right thing when I signed up for that job a year ago? Um, so again, like there's going to be lots of like nuances um, that seem like they're not a big deal now because they're naturally embedded into our, into our world that um, I believe are going to become this like industry standard of again, like taxes and expenses and like all these things that a 1099 worker versus a W2 worker um, has to think about. That makes a lot of sense. So what are you looking for? What, what is, what, what does Fiat need more of? It's a great question. Um, I'm going to stick to, 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 to the side of, of ventures uh, because uh, on Fiat Ventures, you know, we are constantly just looking for really incredible founders with really great ideas um, that are just like incredible executors, have that DNA in them of like, I know that if you run into a wall and you have to pivot, that you have the mind and the DNA to kind of figure it out. You know, so for us, we are just constantly, you know, even more so than you know, do you have a product with a million users? We're just looking for really great founder DNA, right? Uh, folks that are thinking creatively and um, just know how to execute on a really deep level um, that are also able to see like the macro and micro trends. So I think just talent in general, we also just launched Fiat Labs where we're actually going to be incubating a couple companies, but also just like working with founders at the earliest stage of the space that they're looking to conquer. So, um, also looking for folks with just like really great ideas that are, that are again, like, like mirroring that, that DNA that I just described. Um, but the one thing I can say about this market and the market shift is it's, it's, um, it's weeded out a lot of folks that just said, Hey, let me start a company so I can try to get rich as possible. And it's brought in this, like, this like old school ilk of a founder. That's like, no, no, no. Like this is the best time for me to start a company. Like, don't forget Uber and, Lyft and Airbnb, they all came out of that like 2008 timeline. Like, of course, they went public 12, 13 years later. But this this stage of where the economy is in today, there's going to be a lot of really, really great talent and really great companies that come out of it. And so we're really looking for that.
Yeah, I think that that's exciting and it makes sense. So many of those of, of the really successful companies, at least from the outside looking in, companies like Airbnb, um, the folks that founded it didn't necessarily have a background in in hotels. And so they brought that fresh perspective in. How do you think about that? Does that matter? Good, bad? It doesn't. It doesn't at all. Um, I, 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 I've always been a believer that, that um, there are some back of the card stats that are alluring. Um, you know, when you first see it again, sure. I went to Cal, like I have friends that went to Stanford, um, but there's something that you can't really solve for, which is hunger. Uh, some of the best founders that we've invested in didn't go to a top tier university um, it was something, it was like their hunger and their DNA came from failing at something, learning from it, and then getting back on and like iterating and coming back with this like ferocious mentality of like, I'm going to run through brick walls. Um, so from my standpoint, um, of course, like we're looking for incredibly smart individuals, but that doesn't always have to go hand in hand with a four-year university or your upbringing. It just has to do with, you know, what got you to have this mentality that I know you'll, you're going to win by any means necessary. Got it. I love it. So circling back to one of the ideas or one of the things you mentioned, right? When we got started, that 30% of funds are spent on marketing and easily burned through that. When I hear that stat, that's, that's mind boggling, but it's not surprising. So is that really a big part of your secret sauce? It's a big part of our story when we're talking about working with clients. I mean, the fact that 30% of venture dollars go directly to growth, um, it, it really puts into focus how you need to think about growth. Um, because it's not like when a, a VC gives you $10 million, they say $3 million of this needs to go to marketing. Um, they give you the $10 million and it's up to you to kind of figure out how to think about it. Um, you know, we started Fiat growth, our consultancy, because at one point we were in house and we saw how to do it right. We also saw how to do it wrong. Um, and what we found out was the best growth marketers are the best testers. They're the ones that measure twice, measure five times, even before they cut and figure out how to figure out if, if something works or even more importantly, does it work for $50 instead of $50,000. And so, you know, Growth and marketing is all about measurement. It's about intellectual, smart, patient measurements so we can fail fast, so we can win big. And so we spend a lot of time um, making sure that that, that call it, you know, 5% of that 30% is spent to figure out what works so we can spend the majority of that 30% scaling up what works. I love it. Who can figure out that this works or doesn't for 50 bucks instead of 5,000? I think that that's, <laughs> yeah. that certainly makes sense. Well, Drew, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? And if somebody's listening, they say, you know what? He was just talking about me. How do they connect with you? Yeah, most definitely. Um, you can definitely connect with me on LinkedIn. I am super active on LinkedIn. It's just Drew Glover, again, founder of Fiat Ventures and founder of Fiat Growth. And, um, yeah, that's that's where I would I would look for me. Also, check out our website. Uh, fiat.vc is our venture fund. Fiatgrowth.com 
is our uh, consultancy. So you can also learn more there and uh, also shoot us an email directly from the site. Excellent. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Drew your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Find Drew on LinkedIn. I'll list that in the notes of the show, but just type in Drew Glover, Fiat. I'm sure that he will pop right up. You can also go to fiat.vc as well as fiatgrowth.com. It's F-I-A-T growth.com. Thanks again, Drew. Thanks for having me. And until next time, remember, do your part by doing your best.